Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Nightcap back with you, Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. And joining me so I don't have to talk into the abyss by myself is my BFF, or at least my Mike BFF, Paul Ihander. Paulito, how are you, my friend? Good, like yelling into the giant hockey canyon that is the NHL. Yes, it is uh, a very lonely canyon. There are other people. We're all just on our own ridges that are flung across this country, and that's why the the silo thing with the media. Have you, have you paid any attention to teams outside of the West Division this year, because I literally don't have the bandwidth for it. I can't say that I have. I mean, knowing knowing the divisional structure is a little bit simpler to pay attention to. Yes. I mean, because it's like all of Canada, and then like, you know, three different, you know, you know spaces and regions in the United States. I can't say that I've watched a lot of hockey outside of the West. Mm. I've seen, again, some Canadian games, but that's just based on the fact that they're playing early in the day, sometimes on the weekends. Yeah, but in terms of just like keying in on you know the you know who the good teams are, I suppose you mm-hmm. know the the Maple Leafs are clearly the 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 class up north, and you know throughout the rest of the United States, you know they're, they're clearly we have the the you know, Tampa's you know obviously in the mix and things like that. But outside, you know, I'm just I'm it it feels a little bit like we're just kind of waiting for the middle of May to where we can kind of hone in on what's happening in the rest of the NHL outside of our outside right. of the bubble that we're in. It's almost like a, a start point for the retroactive history that we'll use for the playoff teams. I think you're right because, you know, I always ta- think about how much stock you place in history against opponents. Like, a, like for the Golden Knights, for example, they're going to be facing off against the Arizona Coyotes tonight. We're recording this on April the 9th around 11 a.m. Morning skate is underway. But we haven't seen them for a while. Like we we had four straight games against them, pretty much, you know, four games into the season. And so you're like, well, how much do we take away from from what transpired then? You know, the first goal against the Golden Knights gave up against the the Coyotes was a shorthanded goal. They have a tendency to to find a way to score some of those. There's a few power play goals on both sides, something that the Golden Knights are definitely searching for some answers in. Uh where where do you put previous uh 
not recent history and in terms of where we are in our current context right now in this game tonight. Well, with Arizona, I I I pretty much say you throw the playbook out the window from the first four games. As you mentioned, it's been such a long time since we've seen them. They're a much different hockey team. The personnel are the same, but the belief is different. The mm-hmm. streaks are different. I mean, to be honest, they're the hottest team in the West outside of Colorado right now. Yeah. I mean, they're because well, play- Colorado's running a one game losing streak right, right now. But huh? I'm just saying, well, and but. When you talk about, you know, recency and things like that, this was mm-hmm. a team that, you know, a few weeks ago, it's like, I don't know where they're going to be. Dead you know? in the water. Yeah. Erase the last, you know, 10 games for the Arizona Coyotes. They're not, we're not talking about them being in, in contention. We're just talking about them just trying to make it through the season, survive, maybe unload some players as they get closer to the trade deadline. Yeah. Trying to recoup some draft picks that have completely, you know, eroded away from their organization. Right. But there's a belief. And remember, you know, early on in the season too, you know, they were hosting all these home games and playing the same opponents like That's we were. That's true. And so now that they've... Is the Blues like, what, seven straight? Yeah. So they've had yeah. a chance to come together, figure themselves out. Yeah. And they've already got past that St. Louis kind of stretch of the schedule. Because <laughs> they ran out. Right. As weird as that sounds. we were on COVID break. Colorado was on COVID break. So it was just like, well, we were supposed to play one of those two teams. So we have to play someone. So we might as well get these out of the way. So they're scoring goals. And, you know, and again, early on, they were trying to figure themselves out. And they're kind of the antithesis of Los Angeles right now, where the Kings have had, you know, in, just in terms of like scoring and trying to play defense, they're, they're the middling team more than anything else. And Arizona is the streaky team in the West. So when you look at where they're at and where they sit in terms of the Coyotes, you know, yeah, they're coming on, they'd be coming off a loss, you know, rolling in here. But mm. you know that it's a team that, you know, they're driven to improve. Like every well, sooner or later they have game. to. Well, for sure, but for them, it feels like the peak. And I, I'm sure if you're a Coyotes fan, you're like, oh, we're we're peaking at the right time. For it sure. might be just a shade too early. Like last year when Vancouver made the playoffs and they just made that just amazing run. Like they felt it felt like that they were way too early in that progression. But right now, you look at where the Coyotes are. You know, they've got they've got a lead on St. Louis for the final you know, slot in the West right now. So they know where they need to be yep. in terms of playing. They know who they're looking back at. And I think that's, I think that comes, you know, that comes with a lot, you know, for a team like Arizona, that's always been looking up. They're able to look back a little bit because it'll be tough for them. I think to catch Vegas, it'll be tough for them to catch oh, Minnesota. Sure. So they're basically trying to protect number four. So in their minds, they're in first. Yeah, especially since they've re, like they're right there with the Sharks as well, who's who are playing some better hockey too. But they their most recent series against the Sharks, they swept five to two and four to nothing, and 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 they're finding ways, like you said, with the Kings, a five to two win uh, on the fifth of of April, and then they they drop the second half. But yeah, they've been able to make some gains and take care. You know, in sweeps, some teams that are they've been competing against, and then at least getting a split with some of the teams that are ahead of them. That's going to be a winning formula in this division because if you can even steal one from the likes of 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 the Golden Knights or or, or Colorado or, the, or Minnesota, you're more than likely going to have a leg up on the Sharks on 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 any opponents that are below them because it's just so hard to do because they've been so dominant at the top. And if you look at the the number of goals that they're scoring as of like you know like four goals three goals four goals three goals five goals three like this is a healthy humming offense right now and almost in a way that they've had to respond because they've had so many injury problems in their crease which is nothing new for the Coyotes and it's usually around this year and it obviously this is kind of what Darcy Kemper's mo is I, I think this might be 
the last chance for him, not necessarily as a starter in this league, but to be considered like a bona fide starter that people would take a legitimate chance on because he just cannot stay healthy. And I can't tell if it's because it's the manner in which he plays or maybe it's just like his, his the way his body is built or if it's because of such heavy overuse because his partner, which is this, this is supposed to be a very solid goaltending tandem partnership, but neither with Ronta, he's never ha- healthy either. And so you have guys carrying so much weight more than they probably should because they can never be on the same page. And, and so they don't have either of them. They have Aiden Hill in there right now. And so at some point you kind of have to make an adjustment as a team. Um, hey, we got we to gotta make sure we shut things down in the middle a lot more. We got to make sure we play, play a little more tight in our defensive zone and maybe take a few more risks offensively or in the neutral zone to try to get a little bit more win in our sales scoring-wise just to keep up. You know, it, you, you make adjustments based off of the personnel that you have available to you. And something that the Golden Knights haven't really figured out a formula to do uh, on a night in and night out basis in terms of kind of changing how they play. I think the the I think the good news for the Golden Knights is they see Arizona now, and you know we'll catch them one more time later this season. Is that as they come in here, Arizona's on a roadie. The, yeah, their season long roadie yes, to nine games. Yeah, so I mean it, because they played at home a lot to open up the season. So mm-hmm. you know as they come in here, but the I think the issue is for the Knights is they don't want to let their guard up on a team. That again, they haven't seen, uh, you know, work this way, you know, at all. Early in the season, it was just finding your legs. Right now, it's about okay, how well are we coming together? And I yes. think for you know for the Knights, you know, to take on a team like the Coyotes, and they have the LA Kings coming up as well, and they've got this stretch with Anaheim, uh, you know, and San Jose, is that they find themselves, and this might be the only team that they're going to deal with here in the next few weeks, that is mad. When they lose, like really mad, the like they, yes, like they know when games get away from them mm-hmm. that they know that they that's can. A good point. They know that they can contend, mm-hmm. and that's belief is you know mental. You talk about mental game all the time, yeah, and you know getting the good vibes. This is a team that's been feeling that for you know at least the last ten games, which yeah. is incredibly important because again they're ahead of St. Louis, a team that everybody thought was going to be the team that was going to join this 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 running of the pack in the right. West. Well, and you know, a couple of weeks ago when they were still middling, and and this is you know at the forefront of your mind all the time because a lot of these a lot of the guys on the Arizona Coyotes roster have been moved at a trade deadline a time or two before because that's just kind of the nature of this team. You usually get guys in the back half of their career or early on before they leave and. and sign a big time contract but as you get as you approach the trade deadline and if your team is not moving in the in the progression that you would like it to you have to say hey this is the time we got to get it together like if we want to if we want to give this group a shot it's the GM's thinking the same thing if I want to give this group a shot it's based off of what they show me over the next couple weeks and to to double down on those efforts and to see it, it, see what your efforts are doing and actually getting feedback, actually getting the positive reinforcement of wins, of of high scoring wins, of beating teams that you usually don't, and all of that positive energy and belief in self. It is a really tough train to slow down. Uh, once that starts going, unless there's a, there's a pause or we switch over to playoffs like there's just like a switch in the in the in the game board or something like that. And so the Golden Knights in in their quest to kind of find whatever threat of their game is right now. This is a very very tall challenge for them. Uh because of the unfamiliarity with the team, because that they're a slippery squad that that has really good special teams. Like our power play, we've talked about it several times in the playmakers of how bad it is right now. They have like six straight games without a power play goal. And 
that's really where the Coyotes were able to stay competitive over the last few seasons was just because they could get a couple of shorties or they could convert on the power play as long as they packed it in five on five. And so I think this is these next couple weeks, while they are against opponents that are below them, we're not seeing Minnesota for a few weeks. We're not seeing Colorado for a few weeks. You st- this is it's good only if you can take advantage of what's going on because if you don't and you start dropping, you need to, you no more splits. This has to be all pedal to the metal all the way down because you need every inch, every single point you possibly can to for for point differential in the standings when we talk about seeding. Well, there's a lot of uh, tests that come yes. in the West because we've seen these teams. And again, you know, Arizona coming in, you know, we have three back-to-backs left on the schedule. I think when you look at the Coyotes and they're an incredibly balanced team, they're getting scoring from their top lines, which is helping them. Phil Kessel has taken the largest drink out of the fountain of youth. Finally. <laughs> but it took him a year and a half right. to adjust and for everybody else to start firing one Phil. Because some, t- some games, Phil's the only one that's going out there. Right, but, well, but you know, that's credit to Rick Tockett. Yeah. To, you know, steady the ship and to get them believing in themselves. And mm-hmm. so, if for and, and you're right about the splits. This team cannot have any more splits, especially if it wants to keep pace with Colorado. Right. Who is you not can, going, who but is it not, can't be this weekend. Right, they're next not week going it can't to be, be, but it will happen. Yeah, but you they, can't have that mindset. The Avs are not going to be a, a team that's going to be splitting a lot of times. And no. let's be honest, when we talk about, you know, the Golden Knights, and we spend a lot of time here talking about opponents and just generalities, but, you know, it, it's we have to, I don't know, call in the pest control and get rid of the crickets that is the offense that is Mark Stone and Mac Pacioretty. They yeah. have been just it's it's you have to it's, be shaken it's, awake. Pin, it's pin drops right now. You're you're yeah. waiting for something to happen and it just hasn't happened. And maybe they're pressing and maybe they're trying too hard and just firing, 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 and hopefully that they get a redirect or something just happens to go their way. But it just hasn't happened yet. No, and, and I don't know what it if it takes a little kind of you know, get awake a little step outside of the system, so to speak, to mm-hmm. create some different opportunities. Because it seems like a, their, their opponents, and let's be honest, the 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 numbers don't lie. Right. Stone and, and Patches have been silent. Silent, silent. And and like you said, there there are tweaks. You could you could maybe dally a little bit outside the system. We I think we have some new power play combinations at Morning Skate right now. I, I got it from from Ben Ben Goat's uh, Twitter account because I'm not there, obviously. But apparently they ran out Stone, Pacioretty, Stevenson, Marcia So, and Theodore on one power play. And then you have Tuck, Smith, Carlson, Hag, Petrangelo on another. And typically what we've seen this season when Petrangelo has been available that he's been on that power play with Max and with and with uh with Stone. And we, there it's been a fluid situation, but it needs to be because Clearly, they they haven't found something that's worked, and and it's easy to kind of get into the same tread marks if you if it's just the same guys are there. So even just like one guy, especially at the top, where Theodore also really really riding the pine right now in, in terms of snake biddedness, can't hit the net most most nights. Um, that could be a key to unlocking. But at the same time, when you're putting pressure on yourself, which Mark Stone said about himself and, and Patriotty the other night. And it's on the power play. Sometimes you start self-selecting the opportunities that you're going to take. This is what I call the hesitation or the passing up the the 90% opportunity for the 97 or the potential of 97. You talk about all the time. When Max Pacioretty shoots the puck on a one-timer, how does it go? 
It dropped to the knee. Dropped to the knee. Because that is Patches' shot. He is paid to score goals. He is excellent on that one time. He works on it. At, he's on the fir- one of the first guys on the ice at practice, works on it before practice starts, works on it afterwards of, of that one time or that crossing pass that we talked a lot about at Tahoe when Stone was saying, yeah, we're getting very predictable and stuff like that. I think, in a way... To unlock Pacioretty, you have to take the you have to take the puck away from Pacioretty, or you have to unlock some guys to at least open their minds to playing it differently, to not have to feed your your best guy or your most favorable opportunity. Does that make sense? But you should have just set this up by saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now it's broken. Yeah, because it was working. It was working. I mean, look at the numbers. They don't lie. Again, I, I say that all the time, but it's the truth. Yeah, drop to the knee, shoot. It worked. Mm-hmm. Dropped to the knee. Shoot. It mm-hmm. worked. You knew it was working. They figured it out. Yeah. The well, right. Exactly. Defenses, that, that, defenses have figured it out. Guess what? You know what I'm going to do? We built I'm a gonna, dam I'm there. I'm going to slide in front of you every time you do that. Yeah, I'm going to get a little Charlie horse. Right. But guess what? I just blocked your shot because I know what's coming. And Max, you're professional, so you realize that the guy is sliding in front, so you're not going to take that shot, so you're going to try to walk that back into the inside or try to dish up top. Well, we know you're going to do that, too. So now you're hesitating. Now you're like, oh, my God, I'm not getting my normal, my normal shot off. And also, I haven't practiced dishing off, or I haven't really thought how this is going to go uh, it, once we go to the sec- to plan B, and that's why I think Petrangelo is a great power play guy, but he's a he is one of the defensemen on the team that is most guilty for passing up like a, a shot right away. I hate it when guys stick handle even once, Paul, because it allows goalies to complete their movement to get set in their skates to set their feet, and that's everything to a goaltender. It's not just getting there, but you have to set because if you're not if you're in tra- if you're in motion still. And you try to make that save. You can't move in the manner. You can't hit your spot or be precise about it because you haven't slowed your body down to the point where you can control it fully. And there's just too much momentum, too much power moving around. And so Theodore at least does that. He fires a lot more, uh, a lot more quickly. He's a lot more apt to catch and shoot the wrist shot. Whereas Petro, he'll go for the clapper or he'll try to walk it down and and do two or three stick handles. I'm like, do the walk and then shoot right away. Just do the walk and then shoot right away. But they have to find a way to do this. And, you know, I always think back to that that game where Mark Stone had five primary assists and I think Pacioretty had the overtime winner from Mark Stone. And they were all the same pass from the same area of the ice, which is where Mark Stone sets up on the power. It's a crosser, and then he finishes it. Like, that's not – you can't go to that. We have to get more creative. So either – Pat or uh, like a Theodore has to step up in the play a little bit more. Maybe get rotation at the top where guys will will switch spots as they pass instead of just getting like I'm at the top of the point, you're at this at this top of the circle, and then Stoner's at the other top of the circle. Like maybe maybe it's something like that. But regardless, I think I think Marshy will help with that too. You know, I've been meaning to ask you a question, yeah, sure. and you know we 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 clearly have a, a couple of stellar goalies. We have, we have Robin Leonard, we have Mark Andre Fleury. And between these two guys, I just want to set Robin Leonard aside for a second. Okay. okay? I just want to, I'm going to put him outside of this conversation, just set him aside. And I want to make, make any comparisons or anything like that. I want you to draw anything like that. I want to ask you, we've been struggling here just in net as a team for the last several games. We've been, it's, you know, April has not been kind to the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Are we giving Mark Andre Fleury enough credit as a fan base? And I want to get take away all the oh man, the great save that he had last year, the yeah, you know yeah, the, the yeah. magical run in twenty seventeen. I want to talk about right now. We're having an honest conversation. Are we giving him enough credit for keeping this team above water? They've won twenty five games so far this season. Mm-hmm. Twenty five games. Are we actually giving him enough credit, or are we 
like going, well, man, Mark Stone and Mac Pacioretty and Alex Tuck's having a great year. And thank goodness for you know the trade for Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Is is this fan base is is the organization giving him enough credit for literally keeping this team in contention? Well, no, I don't think there's been a history of this organization giving him credit at all, really. Uh, I, I think both can be true because I've talked a lot, especially lately, about what Marc-Andre Fleury did for this team while Leonard was out and not just being able to take on the reins of playing night in and night out and all the, the abuse that that comes with and the burnout that comes with it, but just in the the some of the goals that were goals that were saves. Like, he he's... He's had so many points where it's for sure a goal or it's a it's it's a situation where if if they get scored on right now, this whole house of cards could collapse in this game. And he's not getting those right now. And it's not this huge difference where all of a sudden it's like, well, he was making 30 saves and now he's only making 15. It's one or two goals or even just one, Paul, because it it's not just the tally. It's when it happens. It's where it happens. It's how it happens and how that affects the the Golden Knights and their their psyche and their identity for the rest of that game. Like getting scored on in the first shot the other night, even though it was a hell of a shot, one of the best shooters in the game with Vladimir Tarasenko, you get blown by high glove. Like I've had that happen to me before. You're, for the rest of the game, you're just like, can't get scored on again. You, you just turn up the volume and the frequency and the, and the, and the friction a little bit because – then you you're chasing, but you're all you're chasing the game, but you're also chasing your game, your confidence, and I think the Golden Knights weren't helping him as much. I really don't. You had Petro out. You had guys that were moving in and out of the lineup. We've had we we talk all the time about how crappy the D zone is sometimes, and because he was playing at such a high level, he was covering up for that. But again. Now that he's missing one or two of those a game, it changes everything because not only does, like I said, there's the score part, there's the confidence in the game for the team, and then there's the the confidence in Fleury's game and what that does for the team. Because when he's playing chaotic, when he's chasing the puck, when he's oversliding, when he's being too aggressive and getting too far outside of his crease, or not playing the puck as 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 uh, calmly as he's done early on in the season, the team feeds off of that. the The team reacts to that. That's something that. Coach Matthews at St. A's talked to me about a lot in terms of me controlling my emotions and what I was emoting to my teammates because whatever I was feeling and putting out there in the manner in which I was playing, the team was going to mirror back. And so it then just becomes, you know, a, a problem that that feeds itself because then if the D zone gets more chaotic, then Flurry gets more chaotic and then Flurry gets more chaotic than the D zone. It's so I think they're not giving him enough credit. But I, I don't think that's what's important here. I think they're not giving him enough support. And I think that is one of the big keys to getting him back on track. In addition to him finding a way to elevate where he's had a few goals this year, he just like, eesh. Like that that pillow leg kick one. I forget who was that who that was against. Maybe it was, it was Minnesota in that second period where it was their first second period collapse and they got scored on four times and Nick Foligno had two of them. He kicked the rebound right back, right out to him. And and it was just a really really bad goal. But there's for, but but there are things that are forgivable for yes. him for for a guy who started 27 games and literally can match the record of the St. Louis Blues with the games that he has started for sure and the four shutouts that he's pitched already this season. Mm-hmm. I'm like you, one behind Grubauer. Who's I'm like the lead. you can only be you can only lean so many posts up against a brick wall before the brick wall is going to fall over and you're going to see right. cracks. And I think this is this might be that point to where. 
you know, in earlier years, and you know, Knights fans, we all remember the, the days of Malcolm Subban and as backup goalie. And yeah. we say it was back, an adventure. And I say backup with all due respect, but I've, I've witnessed a number of Malcolm Subban games where Mark Andre Fuller would, would, you know, 60, 65 games, 70 yeah. games in a season. I'm like, you know, time continues to tick forward no matter what it is. For sure. And you bring in Leonard, and, you know, Leonard's hurt, obviously, for a while and is dealing with a number of issues, and he's now back and, you know, Thank goodness for the Knights that he's back. Right. But Flurry can only do so much. And we're starting to see some of the bricks fall out of that wall. Right. And it's just and like, I'm not sure if anybody can't sustain that. But I'm not sure if anybody play. I'm not sure if anybody recognized that though at this point. It's still yeah. just it's still just like, oh, it's Flurry, he's just getting old and he's breaking down and and you know, he just you know, that's thank goodness we've got Robin Leonard. Again, I right. wanted to set keep Leonard aside of this conversation. They've they've been They've been leaning so many posts up against the brick wall. I think they're they're I think there's just we're losing bricks. Well, and if we're gonna let's let's extrapolate this this honest conversation too, and try to just take out whatever opinions we have on on where games are going or potential or anything. Let's look at the defensive core as it is. Our biggest free agent signing has been in and out between COVID and an injury. Our Max Steel young guy who is supposed to be a Norris Trophy contender year in and year out, missed some time, has not been the same since he missed time, is finding ways to contribute, but not nearly what, at, at, not nearly at the peak of his powers. You have a guy who just returned to the lineup who's real big, is really good at the hip check, but if you try to do anything with, with his feet, if you try to get him in, in close spaces, if you get him in open ice, it's going to be a really tough time. And you have... Two or three rookie guys, not rookie rookies, but like White Cloud's still technically a rookie. Right, but guys that are being asked to take Coughlin, on so much extra responsibility right. in year one. And adjusting, and this is why the the culture for the Golden Knights is so important because if if they didn't have as supportive as, of a culture, if they didn't have some of the talent on this roster to help kind of the, the buoyancy of, this, of, of these young guys and helping them implement into this league and not, you know, getting completely hung out to dry and confident shot and, and actually being contributors. Like just think of all those. Those are the guys that are in front of Mark Andre Fleury the most, right? Those are the guys that you communicate on the breakouts. Those are your people because forwards, they just got horse blinders. All they do is follow the puck. That's all they do. <laughs> right. They don't pick their heads up. They shoot high in the warmups when there's people standing in front of the net without helmets on. Like they're dumb. No offense, but mostly offense. And so I think to make this roster work, you had to move out some experience in in different parts of the roster. We've talked about Paul Stasny and and, and his absence and how Bill Carlson took it upon himself to become better in the faceoffs or become a better two-way center because they they had to cuz Stasny's gone. And so, okay, so we're 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 moving that around. So, Nate Schmidt is gone, John Merrill is gone. Who else who who other defensemen do we have we have we jettisoned? Um, Derek Englund is gone. All of this Collect, collective experience, but also collective experience together. All these like shared practices and and just chemistry. I think that's. Uh, uh, I I don't think we've given enough. I don't blame, but air to just that kind of adjustment, and maybe that's the reason why for some some of these defensive gaps or gaps, I should say. And it's not because I expect defensemen to go in the high zone, but you see a lot of guys a lot of times in front of the net where nobody's tied up or the. Both guys are looking below the goal line, puck watching. Like there's these little things that you learn along the way as you as you grow in the level that you're at, whether it's the NHL or college. Like there's just little nuances of the game that you have to learn and and learn by trial and error. 
And I just, like I said, I think Flurry's covered up for so much of that because he he made an he made adjustments to his game. He was playing every game, which is his exact vibe, which is his exact vibe. I think there's an adjustment with him going every other game again and not being the guy. And then I think there's there needs to be an, a, an adjustment in the in just the way that he's playing right now and, and how and how he kind of winds himself up. But this you would expect those waves throughout a season. I you would just hope that the offense and the team in general would be more along their progression in terms of of production to to help with Flurry's buoyancy and getting him back up to the level where he needs to play. Oh, we see. Oh, we'll see. I mean, a month left of the season. I mean, a lot of things that can you know happen. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're in a a much better position than I think you know other teams in the West very clearly. But they are chasing. They're not. Yeah. You know, they're being chased sort of. But it's a little unusual look right now for this team. Right. They've stocked up their cupboards for winter time, but not, they're only supposed to eat two cans of rations a day, and right now they have to eat three and a half. And so you have to like, well, well we have to figure this out because we were super prepared and we were doing super great, but all these other teams that have been slowly stocking aren't eating this the way it is. They aren't expending resources the way that they are. And so it's it's an adjustment up and down the lineup, but we've been doing dealing with that uh, the last couple of weeks with injuries, with with you know load management, we talked about a lot yesterday, or suspensions with Chandler Stevenson. I think now that they've had a game under the belt to uh, get back with him, I would hope there's some more fireworks tonight with that line, especially if they're gonna if the Yotes are gonna try to get these guys skating. So we have plenty to talk about, but that's all we're going to divulge into today. Again, this is the nightcap. We are. Uh, pumping these out on the podcast platform each and every week. It's basically turning into Fridays because that's just the procrastination. That's how I get things done, and we get we pump out the good products. But anyways, share with your friends, share with your neighbors, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.